0: Good afternoon everybody, I'm Paul Matthews, President and CEO of the Marcus Center for the Performing Arts, and on behalf of all of us here, I want to extend a very warm welcome to you on this rather brisk winter day. Uh, It may be a bit cold outside, but I can tell you the hall is going to heat up with speeches and singing and spirited performances, and your clapping and cheers all the way through are going to help as well, so please feel free to do that. A special shout out to those of us who are watching us through on the internet uh, all over the United States today as we are live streaming today's program. So welcome to all of you as well who are watching us through the internet. Today marks the 35th anniversary of the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. birthday celebration and we are honored to have hosted the event for all of these years especially since it would be Dr. King's 90th birthday. Earlier this week a reporter asked me what I thought Dr. King would think if you were alive today. Well, I can't profess to know that for sure, but I think it's safe to say that Dr. King would be saddened by seeing that many of the issues he confronted still confront us today. But I also think he'd be lifted up by this crowd by seeing his legacy living on 35 years later and that his words and deeds are inspiring another generation to live and carry on his dream. The young people you see and hear today can express that much better than I can. So let's get on with the program, and let's get it underway. Joining me is Anthony Smith, our Director of Community Engagement and Inclusion, who will introduce our MCs for today's program. Anthony? Thank you, Paul.
1: Good afternoon. It is my honor and extreme pleasure to introduce our co-masters of ceremonies this afternoon. Janana Ajib is a founding member of the, and the president of the Milwaukee Muslim Women's Coalition. And also co-MC is Alex Lazary, senior vice president at the Milwaukee Bucks Incorporated. Let's welcome them to the stage.
2: Good afternoon. Thank you, Paul and Anthony. My name is Janan Ajeeb. I'm president of the Milwaukee Muslim Women's Coalition and co-chair of the 2019 Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. birthday celebration. My co-emcee, yes, you can go ahead and clap. <laughs> my co-emcee for today's event is Alex Lazary, senior vice president of the Milwaukee Bucks. On behalf of the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Birthday Celebration Steering Committee, we thank you for joining us today for this very special event. The city of Milwaukee has been celebrating this great man of history longer than any other city in the nation other than Atlanta. I think that's pretty awesome. This 35th annual program will showcase just how important Dr. King's words are to our history and to the youth then and now. This year, we highlight 35 years of celebrating Dr. King's legacy in Milwaukee and how far we have come in over 60 years, but also it shows the journey to freedom is still not over. And
3: thank you everyone for coming this afternoon. I'm honored to be co-presenting this year's event. I believe this is the third straight year with Janan Najib. Each year we celebrate Dr. King's strong spiritual message of racial equality and social justice. In keeping with Dr. King's vision, we invite performing arts groups that represent the cultural and racial diversity in our communities. This event would not be possible without the support of many businesses and organizations in our community. And we are pleased to have the support of our presenting sponsor, Forest County Pottawatomie Foundation, and our additional sponsors including the Brewers Community Foundation, BMO Harris Bank, the Islamic Society of Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee Public Schools Foundation, Aurora Healthcare, Landmark Credit Union, Educators Credit Union, and Hyatt Pharmacy. Also a big thank you to the Marcus Center for performing arts for being the host of this important event. You also may have noticed the Salvation Army truck when you walked in today. Each year, the Salvation Army serves hot chocolate before our event to help raise awareness of their great organization. Thank you to the Salvation Army for their great service. Additionally, this afternoon's diverse activities will entertain you as well as honor the truly cross-cultural message that the Reverend Dr. King Tried so hard to convey. So sit back and enjoy an afternoon of great entertainment and words of wisdom. The next person I want to bring to the stage is someone who, in all of his life and all of his time representing uh, Milwaukee County as its chief executive, uh, I think has come to embody and really speak to the words of uh, of Dr. King, and tried to make sure that everything he's done for the county uh, is in the same spirit. Uh, that Dr. King would want. So let's all give a big round of applause to our County Executive, Chris Abley.
4: Good afternoon. I was uh, just telling Ariana, who you just heard from, that uh, I wasn't looking forward to following her because she was pretty impressive. Uh, Also, I had that awkward moment where. I've always believed, and I say this year, every year, and every time I get to speak about King, that the two pole stars in American history for me uh, are Martin Luther King and Abraham Lincoln. Uh, They had an awful lot in some ways in common, uh, including an extraordinary amount of grace, the kind of grace that comes in a human being maybe every century and we're all the better for it. Typically, when I've been here, I've talked about some of the sermons of his that inspire me, uh, and particularly the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church ones, which I think are beautiful and glorious, but they're towards the earlier part of uh, his preaching career, at least that we're clear on. Today, I want to talk a little bit about a sermon he gave five days before he was killed. It was called Remaining Awake Through a Great Revolution. He talks a little bit to set the tone, and this was at the National Cathedral in Washington, Uh, he talks a little bit to set the tone about uh, an American, early American fiction story, Washington Irving, uh, the story of Rip Van Winkle. And he says, you know, you probably remember story, the big moment of the story is here's this guy who goes up in the mountain and falls asleep, and he sleeps for 20 years before he wakes up. What a lot of people don't remember in that story is something that happens before and after. Before he goes up the mountain, he sees a sign. And the sign has a picture of King George III, because this was before the American Revolution. And then he sleeps for 20 years. And he comes down and he sees a different sign, and it's a sign of George Washington. And he's not clear on what happened and who he is and where he is. And King used that as a nice metaphor and maybe reminding people that's kind of what Irving was getting at. We uh, not only are only able to bring about and support social change if we're engaged and aware of it, but if we're not actively aware of it, it happens without us. In uh, Remaining Awake in 1968, things had changed for King. It was an earlier part of his career where he had a pretty high approval rating, above 50. Um, He had just passed uh, the Civil Rights Act, been a big part of it, Uh, and also, I mean, without him, it doesn't happen. Without him, the Voting Rights Act doesn't happen. But he had expanded a lot the subjects he talked about. He had taken a vocal stand against the Vietnam War. Uh, He used to say quite regularly, the irony of African Americans serving in this country's military to help assure the freedom and rights of a country across the world that is not one that they currently enjoy here should not be lost on anyone. And it is a horrible statement and a profound injustice. He also had talked a lot about poverty and the radical unfairness of any society that tolerates such a vast, vast gap between of opportunity, of equal protection under the law, of pay, of rights, of access. And it was 68, and he was getting impatient. His approval rating right now is around 92%. There are very few people in this country who, at their, on their worst day, don't understand that our country is a better place for it. But at this moment, it was about 25 A lot of people, including those who fought for the Civil Rights Act, thought, hey, Martin, you're going too far here. You know why are you adding on the war? Why are you adding peace? Why are you adding? Why are you making this a global issue? And one of the points he makes in this sermon is what he's saying now is not so terribly different from what he's been saying his entire career, and the message is just as relevant then. One, to quote Dr. King here, is the myth of time. It is the notion that only time can solve the problem of racial injustice. And there are those who often sincerely tell the Negro and his allies in the white community, why don't you slow up? Stop pushing things so fast. Only time can solve the problem. If you will just be nice and patient and continue to pray in 100 or 200 years, the problem will work itself out. The answer to that myth, he continues, is that time is neutral. It can be used constructively or destructively. And I'm sorry this morning that I am in ab- I'm absolutely convinced that the forces of ill will in our nation, the extremists of our nation, the people on that side, have used time much more effectively than the forces of goodwill. And it may well be we will have to repent in this generation merely for the vitriolic words and violent actions of bad people, not merely, uh, but for the appalling silence and indifference of good people who sit around and say, wait on time. Somewhere we must come to see that human progress never rolls in on the wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless and persistent work of dedicated individuals who are willing to be co-workers with God. And without this work, this hard work, time itself will never be an ally of primitive forces, will be an ally of the primitive forces of social stagnation. That was 50 years ago. If those of you who've been following in the news, even, even in the last couple of months, Uh, and noticed that there seems to be an almost normalization of rhetoric, not by an individual, sometimes by big groups, and not in quiet rooms, sometimes very publicly, that doesn't make it seem like we're moving in a forward direction, that doesn't seem like we're making progress, you're not alone. The other day, I think this was just yesterday, there was uh, some Native Americans were doing a ceremony to educate a community about their culture in Kentucky just a couple days ago. And they were surrounded by students at high school where this took place. Not a couple, not a dozen, not 20, about a hundred. And these students, many of whom were wearing Make America Great hats, were staring, mocking, and yelling, and rather menacingly surrounding literally a handful of Native Americans who were doing nothing other than express their culture. Their doing that is not something I entirely blame solely on those students. I blame it on our culture, a culture that's forgotten in large part just how important the words of King are. Towards the end of this sermon, King says, On some positions, cowardice asks the question, is it expedient? And then expedience comes along and asks the question, is it politic? Then asks the question, is it popular? Conscience asks the question, is it right? There comes a time when one must take the position that is neither safe nor politic nor popular but he must do it because conscience tells him it is right. I believe today that there is a need for all people of goodwill to come with a massive act of conscience and say, in the words of the old Negro spiritual, we ain't gonna study war no more. This is the challenge facing modern man. Those words were incredibly true and obvious and clear morally 50 years ago. They are more important now. And for for every young student here who's already taken classes and thanks for the teachers who've taught them and the parents who have told their kids about the lessons of Dr. King. King is a broad spectrum. And King absolutely is grace. And King absolutely is about uh, the guy who says, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can, is also the King who says the myth of time is not something to be fooled by. And we need to ask ourselves every single day, not is it politic, not is it expedient, not is it popular. We need to ask ourselves, is it right, all of us. You need to hold people like me and everybody in positions of authority to that standard, not politics, expedience, or popularity, but what's right. And if this sounds right it sounds like hey here's another set of values we're going to hear a lot of it on King Day it has never been more relevant than I feel it is right now 2019 in this country we need that spirit of King more than ever so as I told Ariana and I tell every speaker, it, for some reason, when they schedule this, I'm always after the student speakers, which I always feel like I can never keep up because they're all so impressive to me. But one thing I've said to the, the folks you heard today and to the student speakers every year is, I really hope you run for office. Uh, because it's one thing to speak up. It's another thing to vote. It's another thing, as uh, we say in another advocacy group I'm involved in, don't get mad, get elected. So thanks for being here today and celebrate Dr. King.
2: Now, please join me in welcoming Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett to say a few words about what this event means to Milwaukee.
5: Well, good afternoon. It is an honor to be here once again this year to celebrate the life of a man who was so transformative for our nation a man who gave his life to make this a better country for all of us. And each year when I speak here, I speak a lot about Martin Luther King Jr. and his life and the challenges, but I want to do something a little bit different this year. I want to talk about the challenges that we all face in our daily lives. And in particular, I want to talk about the challenge of leadership that we face in our daily lives. And I do so invoking the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. Because if there was anything he was, he was a leader. He was a spiritual leader. He was a a civil rights leader. He was a person who understood that his pulpit was not just in a church but it was in the streets of the cities of this nation in the homes of this nation, and in the schools of this nation. And the reason I want to talk about a little different approach is because when I was a little boy, I had an uncle that I visited very often. And he had a book about the Presidents of the United States. And as a little boy, I thought it was just fascinating to read this book about the Presidents of the United States. And in fact, I think in large part, my interest in public service came from reading that book. And the reason it was so um, enthralling to me was because I looked at all the presidents, and regardless of what their political persuasion was, I felt that they were leaders, they were successes, and they were people to be admired. And I think that that is still true for children and young people in this nation. They look at our presidents in particular, and they say, that person, because they're so successful, and because they're our leader, sets the tone for our nation. And I am troubled by that in 2019. And I want to be even more specific. This morning, some of you may have seen a clip, I saw it on YouTube, of an event that took place in Washington over the last couple days. It was a group of Native Americans, uh, indigenous people, including a 64-year-old man, a Native American, who had served our country in Vietnam. And they were holding a Native American ritual with music on the mall in Washington, D.C. And they came across a group of young men, a group of young men who were wearing make america great again hats. And there was a confrontation of sorts. And the confrontation was racial in nature. And it was along the lines of build the wall and just disrespect for the native americans. And if you look at that, I'm guessing you'll be as troubled as I was. In fact, before I even had a chance to show it to my wife, my wife, a teacher, had already written an email to the principal of the school to show her her concern. But it troubles me in our nation when the message sent to young teenagers is that you should be disrespectful of people from other races, of other backgrounds, that is not what America is. That is not who we are. That is certainly, I hope, not what Milwaukee is. And so I think that there's a vacuum. I think there's a vacuum when the ultimate leader of our nation sends a message of division, of sometimes literally building a wall or excluding people or castigating people because of the color of their skin. That is not what Martin Luther King lived his life for. And so when you look at our nation right now, in many ways the challenge for those of us in everyday lives has never been greater. As parents, as educators, as employers, as leaders, I believe we have the responsibility to send the message that regardless of what an individual's background is, their religion, their race, where they're from, that we are all human beings and we need to respect each other. And I feel very comfortable delivering that message today because I believe that is exactly the message of Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. It was one of respect. It was one of treating people how we want to be treated. And again, if we're not going to see that leadership out of Washington, DC, I would love to see it here in the city of Milwaukee from the parents and the educators, the clergy and the leaders. Not only would I like to see it, we have to provide it. So to all the young men and women, So to all the young men and women, boys and girls who are being celebrated today, I believe that this tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. sends that message. It sends a message of inclusiveness, of respect, and I think that we should teach them and we should model for them that that is the way we want to live our lives forever.
3: Thank you, God bless, and God bless our country. Right now, I would like to take a moment of silence to remember and honor the former third place writing winner from 2016, Sandra Parks, who left us too soon in 2018. Thank you. And now I'd like to bring to the stage the majestic community choir back to the stage. Thank you.
6: blessings, the movement's like a rhythm to us. Freedom, freedom like religion to us. Just, just a position to us. Justice for all just ain't enough. The sun died, the spirit is revisiting us. Truant, living, living in us because resistance is us. That's why Rosa, she sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it go down, we woman and man up. They say stay down, but we stand up. Shots on the ground, the camera pans up. King pointed to the mountaintop, and we ran up. every man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. We marched with a torch, y'all gonna run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, he rose to become a hero. Facing the League of Justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald eagle. Our biggest weapon, stay peaceful. We sing, our music is the cut that we bleed through. Somewhere in the dream, epiphany now we write the wrongs in our history no one wins the war individually it takes the wisdom of the elders and the young people's energy we welcome you to the story we call victory the coming of the lord mine eyes have seen the glory
3: praise of God and song since 1978, 40 years. Let's give them another round of applause. You know, Milwaukee Public Schools has played an instrumental part in getting these young students involved in the writing, speech, and art contests. And I think it's really incredible that over 50 years later, Dr. King and his words and everything that he preached is playing just as vital a role today in the communities as it did 50 years ago. And because of that, I believe that the superintendent, Dr. Keith Posley, has a lot to do with everything that's been going on in our schools and all of the great work that's been happening in our communities. So with that, I would like to bring Dr. Keith Posley out here to talk to us about MPS's role and the participation of students in the event today.
1: Good afternoon. I want to start by using two of the most important words in the English language, and those are, thank you. Thank you for being here this afternoon. You could be anywhere you wanted to be on a wonderful Sunday afternoon, but you are here in unity to reflect on the celebration of an incredible life of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. More than 4,000 Milwaukee Public School students participated in this year's preliminary contest, and 64 of the 2018 winners from the Art, Speech, and Writing contest are Milwaukee Public Schools students. And I also at this time would like to recognize all participants, all student participants that participated in the contest. The art, speech, and writing contest would not be possible without the support of many people. Milwaukee Public Schools' partnership with We Energies, the Marcus Center for the Performing Arts, and the collab- co- collaborative efforts of the Milwaukee Teacher Education Association and its rich history. We're thankful to all of our sponsors, partners, and staff who helped make this happen. It is priceless to see the hopes and dreams of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. expressed through art, writing, and speeches. Today, as we reflect on the great legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I want to encourage you not just to let this be one day, continue to honor Dr. King's great legacy. With the support of our generous partners and relentless commitment of family, friends, and educators, we can continue to empower and encourage our students to become leaders, to exercise their creative freedom, and to put their voice and vision on record for the world to see. Thank you.
2: Next, I'd like you to welcome an awesome person, an awesome friend, someone that comes every year, Congresswoman Gwen Moore.
7: Hello, everybody. How are you today, this great MLK Celebration Day? This is the 35th year. Thirty-fifth year that we've celebrated MLK, one of the longest-standing celebrations in the United States. And the reason that we do this every year is because we think it's extremely important to pass on to a new generation the lessons and the legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. This year, this year, as our country faces tremendous perils, as we see the federal government grinding to a halt, as we see our brothers and sisters standing in line to get free meals because they are not receiving their paychecks, as we see people fighting and struggling for a higher standard of living and a higher minimum wage as our country is facing some of the greatest challenges of democracy. I am so reminded of one of the things that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, and that is, is that we will stand together as brothers and sisters or we will perish together as fools. This is a time to stick together, no matter what, to stand on our values of looking out for each other, to stand on our values for waging for peace, to stand for our values that everybody deserves to earn a decent wage. Get a good education, because I tell you, darkness cannot, darkness is darkness and the only thing that can drive out darkness is light. So brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, and especially our youngest people here in the room, let's stick together. Let's stick together. And that is the value that I wanna leave you with this MLK
6: Day. Love you all!